Welcome to the Spooky Chris Podcast. My name is Chris Ringler. I am the aforementioned Spooky Chris. I, this is my occasional short-form podcast, talking about stuff, you know, as one does. Uh, so this is episode 50-something. Uh, for anyone that's actually listened to some or any of them, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, there's a, a point of this that feels kind of masturbatory, like I'm talking into a tin can for myself, but I think sometimes you just have to kind of talk it out, as it were, to get things off your chest and <clears throat> get things out in the world. Um, and hopefully, you know, you guys or somebody connects with it. I've been thinking of late, it's, we're at, you know, to say we're in strange times is to under undersell the lead. Um, it's interesting because my father will all, you know, he'll watch the news kind of disgusted um, at the violence and the anger and and everything and <coughs> say how, how much we've changed as a country. Say, you know, kind of a, these aren't the good old days kind of a thing. And it's not in a Trumpian manner of pining for the days of subjugation and uh, servitude but more of a, a misunderstanding of where we are. And I think that's the rose-colored glasses that all of us look at the past with. Uh, the past is kind of our, our sanctuary because the present and the future, future is scary. Um, it used to be something exciting when we thought of you know rockets and space cars and going to the moon and all of these exciting things because... And it's funny too because that kind of stuff that's 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 forward thinking, that's revolutionary thinking, um, that's the kind of thinking that people don't seem to cherish as much anymore. Um, we are interested in the here, the now, the in front of me, and the what's going into my pocket. Um, we don't invest as much of ourselves in the future, and that's you know that's a problem in and of itself. But uh, it's interesting that, that that was kind of the, the thing with looking forward and now looking forward. It's, 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 it's scary because we just don't know. Um, we have too many people in power that aren't dreamers. Um, they're deniers and they're despots who they don't want to make this world better for the next generation and kind of even, you know, it's interesting because I'm not I'm not going to say pharaohs were good folks. They were keeping people in uh, slavery to build their their uh, idols and such. But if I can say anything, um, I'll say that there, it's, there's something to be said for the idea of thinking beyond yourself. Because that era... You know, in eras afterwards, um, you were building for the future. Um, these these great structures and things, even though they were tributes to yourself, um, you would never see them. They were for the future. And again, you can one can deep dive into all of the sins and evils of that kind of mentality and all that. That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking just at the idea of building things beyond ourselves and we don't have that much in our leadership we have them wanting to hold on to power no matter what 
uh, and, and so that we have to pry it out of their de- cold, dead hands. And even then, there's this weird obsession with a nouveau monarchy where it's like, well, I'm just going to hand it off to my kids, and they're going to take it over, and then they're going to, you know, their kids will take over. And it's weird because I don't know why they think they're chosen, why they're so special and different and need, need to be the ones in charge. Um, because it's a strange flex because just me personally I don't think you happening to be rich makes you better than me or more able to lead on a grand scale education experience all that absolutely Um, but just because you're rich and your family's rich doesn't mean you get to be the king So it's, it's, you know, we don't look to the future because we have scary leadership. And we don't look to the present because present right now is in upheaval and it's scary um, and we don't know what's going to happen. Um, so we look to the past and we obsess over the past. And, and I mean, heaven knows I do this too. I love 80s music. Um, I love the music that I love from the 90s. I still love it. Um, I love things from my childhood. Um, it's nostalgia, and that's not bad. Um, reverence for the past is there's nothing wrong with it. <coughs> it's when it becomes this fetishistic obsession, and we lose sight of the reality, where we go, oh, why can't we have a better, better era when we were great, like the 50s, where everything was soda shops and and... You know, old-fashioned steel cars with curve curves, and you know, happy families and uh, sock hops, and rock and roll music was still fresh and new and innocent. But like, rock was never innocent. <laughs> it's always been about sex um, and partying and dancing. Because um, even if you want to say, well, but it's about love. Well. If you really want to break it down, <laughs> romantic love generally tends to lead to physical love. Just saying. Um, like, the 50s, amazing stuff from that era, absolutely. But, um, blacks weren't, were still not considered whole citizens. Women still weren't considered whole citizens. Um, you know, we, we went to war in Korea um, there's no era that is above reproach and we take and choose <coughs> the bits and pieces that we like and then we inflate them like oh why can't we have the good old days like the 40s and the 30s and, oh the great man the, the fashion of the 20s was, yep fashion of the 20s was great um, it was a fascinating time, and it's funny because it was very decadent. So this, you know, the obsession and interest in that, it's, it was very decadent. And that was why it was very startling when the bottom dropped out with um, the stock market crash. Is people had been living high on the hog and had been enjoying themselves and rediscovering kind of uh, freedom. <coughs> it wasn't that long after a, a world war. Uh, you know, it was. Around an, is near and depending on the, the time you pick, when prohibition was going and then you know, like gone, um, and then yeah, the bottom was pulled out, and you don't obviously don't hear people 
thinking fondly of the days of the uh, market crash. Because, um, again, we've had crashes, and you hear stories and stuff, but, like, the big crash, like, you have people literally going on their... On, on, right out, you know, out their window and jumping because they had lost everything. And we hear about it nowadays, but we are so insular and insulated and self-obsessed we don't think about those people anymore you know we're not and some of it too is just I'm never going to be one that's going to sit there and bang my fist on the table and blame the media because the media is a reflection of us like it's what it, they, it, they built it into what we wanted um, so if it's all death all the time that's because we were interested in it I mean the, the term if it bleeds it leads didn't come from nothing um it stemmed from an interest in, you know, in, in bloodlust. Um, so it's a reflection of us, so we can't blame it. But we're just we're at such a strange time because we we are bombarded with all of this death and destruction and hate and anger, and then we we foist it on one another. And I'll admit, it's it's hard to not get angry when you see people that stand up for someone like Donald Trump. Because he has proven time and again he doesn't care about anyone but himself. And it's weird that people are still so loyal to him. And it's more they're loyal to this ideal of an America that never existed. Um, we're a nation with blood on our hands. Um, that had slavery for a long time and benefited from it that pushed Native Americans off of their land in, into tighter and tighter you know, areas so that we could kind of gobble up that land for ourselves uh, that has used and abused foreign labor I mean, you know it's, it's for all the great things that we have and are most of that was built on the backs of other people and that's something we need to come to grips with. Uh, it's funny because people will always <coughs> they complain about you know when, <coughs> geez, when anyone brings up slavery they they complain like well I wasn't there I didn't do it don't blame me got to move on and get over it. That's great to say that's easy to say, but the effects of that slavery um, are almost incalculable because we can't see the, what it did to family trees. Family trees, some of which were severed completely and, and decimated. <coughs> and for a nation that's obsessed with its past, that likes to look to the past and uh, and and hold it high as if it is something to, to uh, model ourselves after. If we're going to do that, we've got to deal with the, the bad with it. If you're going to sit there and say, oh yeah, Old rock and roll is great. Old old uh, uh, cars and men in suits and women in dresses and nuclear families and blah 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 is also great. If we're gonna do that, <coughs> we have to accept that there's 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 blood on that. There's blood on all of it. The American flag is soaked in blood. Which most, I mean, you know, for all nations are. Uh, that's unfortunately the the way of nation building. 
which means that you have to come to grips with it. We are in an era where we obsess over this patriotism and and, and this, this feeling of America above all. And that's not a new thing either. Um, it's just, it's weird, again, it's weird. Americans have developed this kind of myopic view where we see it we see the United States as this, you know, once upon a time we, we beat our chest and, and held ourselves above all and <clears throat> we saved France in World War Two, and we've done all these great things and we would come and on our white horses and save the day when other countries needed help and all this stuff. And that was a small narrative. But whatever goodwill we've created, we've lost. We're at a time where we're so angry and so disillusioned with the idea of the American dream. Because the American dream, you know, was once, you know, a family, a home, a good job, blah, blah, blah. And most folks don't get that anymore. It's now a a job. Uh, you know, if you're lucky, a family. And if you're lucky, some place to live. You don't... Not everybody gets an opportunity to have land <coughs> and a home, you know, a house. Um, not everybody gets their... Barely anyone gets jobs that, that pay what they need to survive. And some of that is an American thing of also of being a, being way too greedy and spendy. Um, heaven knows I have that uh, aspect to me. Um, so the American dream has changed. Uh, and once upon a time we were also the nation that other people wanted to come to. That was part of our thing, the, the, the melting pot. We We cherished that idea of other other people from around the world wanting to come here to to better their lives and to get a new start and to join the join the rest of us um, in pursuit of our happiness and we don't want that anymore we want America for Americans <clears throat> we have decided there's not enough for everyone to go you know to go around for everyone so we want ours it's this I'm gonna get mine mentality which is which is a difference. I mean, it's always been there, much like you've always seen crappy parents, you've always seen crappy people, you've always seen murderers, you've always seen despots. These are not new things. You've always seen racism, you've always seen sexism, uh, you've, you've seen abuse. None of these are new. But there, I mean, the notion, and again, like in the past, America's past, um, the church was the standard bearer and, and kind of kept people in. in enthrall and keep, kept them in, in in check. Which just meant that they kept their sins behind doors and behind curtains. <coughs> and so many now are cavalier and don't care. They'll sleep with prostitutes and, and uh, strippers and uh, models and porn stars and then pay them off and expect that that contract will bind them and like no one will ever know. Like that's, that's the world we're in now. Um, and the church just isn't as strong. The church has its own sins. So it doesn't have as much of a reach to tell people like, you know, your sins will live on beyond you. Like don't do stuff to screw things up. 
<coughs> people people don't fear that as much anymore. Uh, which is funny because our sins can kind of live beyond us thanks to the digital age. Um, but it's disturbing that it's disturbing that um, you look at an event like September 11th in America, in the United States, something that rallied us initially. And <coughs> I apologize for my coughing. Um, it rallied us absolutely because our, I think our even today our first instinct is to reach out to one another when in times of trouble and danger and, and horror to reach out to one another save you know help save one another it's a primal thing it's a tribal thing um, it's it's a good thing but our our second instinct is to slap that hand away because we're like to hell with you I'm saving myself and you saw that even with 9-11 we, we kind of talk about oh gosh America came together and this and that we came together but then we came together in hate it was horror and you know sorrow and heartbreak that, that brought us together and it was hate that united us because we were suddenly like oh we want revenge we want them and that's, that's a fair feeling but it dragged us into a war that still has not ended uh, long after the perpetrators of that crime are long gone, um, we're still in that war. And <clears throat> we're at a turning point where things are either going to get better finally, again, or they're going to get real bad. And some, uh, m most of that, you know, I, I look at it as America. You know, the United States has always had its sins and its its demons. Um, they just, you know, we elected a man that tapped into them and raised them all at once. Um, he he decided to play the part of the devil and he raised them all at once, and he plays the American people uh, sometimes sometimes uh, uh, buffoonishly, but very well. Uh, he knows what to do to scare people. Oh, they're coming for your jobs. They're going to rape your daughters. They're coming. And you look to the border and you say, oh my God, they are coming. You look around and say, oh my God, they are here. Forgetting that Mexicans and foreign people have always been here. Because we always welcomed them here. <coughs> um, we forget that ours was a casual border where Americans would go over all the time. And we also forget the fact that Americans are going over there to get laid, to get drugs, to do the things that they don't have the guts to do in America, and then they slink back over the border and act like it didn't happen. So we forget that point, but whatever. Um, you know, now he's playing the, oh, they're going to take your guns. They're going to take your freedoms. They're making you wear masks. They're doing these things to you. They're taking all of your um, your Americanism away. You're taking your God away. <clears throat> and it's funny because the idea that anyone could ever take guns away is silly. If someone stops for a minute, just a minute. Now, restricting, I get it. But we're not talking restricting. They say, they're going to take your guns. They sort of... initiative that would have to happen I'm trying to think of the right word it would it would be a war 
to go, they'd have to basically, what, go door-to-door? They could say, hey, turn in your guns. You know, they have to go door-to-door. And, and then are they going to search houses? What's going to happen? Like, that's, they, they can never take your guns. And then they say, they're going to take your God. <clears throat> no one's outlawing, uh, outlawing Christianity, much like they're not outlawing uh, Judaism or Islam or any religion. They just don't want religion to be what we're guiding our nation with. Because just because you like Neapolitan ice cream, I may like chocolate ice cream. You don't get precedence because we're different and you just decided, because you have a friend and your friend also likes Neapolitan and you're both like, well, clearly we get to decide who gets ice cream for everybody because we both like it. You're not everyone. Religion has has always was to me was always meant to be a guide, not the way. If it's your way, good for you, cool, awesome. But it ain't my way, and you don't have the right. And we're a nation about rights. You don't have the right to make me follow your way. <clears throat> but we're arrogant. We've become such an arrogant country, so arrogant that we can look at. Essentially, stormtroopers in our in our cities, uh, physically assaulting people, um, creating mayhem and chaos, like inciting violence, because it's a point where any, violent protests are never any good. Um, there's reasons they exist, and again, long topic, ain't for me to start digging in in like a minute and a half. There's a reason they exist. But the way to deal with them is not to send in essentially militarized troops to go and beat everyone into submission. That's not what we do here. That's not what America's for. We've done it in the past. Um, <clears throat> I mean, shucks, sticking the police on uh, union workers ain't much different. Um, sending the military into uh, cities when there were riots in the 60s ain't different. But there's a point where we got to be better. And you're not going to put a fire out by dumping more gas into it. And that's what they're doing. And we're allowing it to happen. We're seeing this, like when all of this started a few weeks ago, I mean a month ago, a month and a half ago, a month and a half maybe. When all of this started, like you saw that this wasn't going to be handled right. And some places did. I mean my area handled it right which was great. And again, like, you don't have to believe, you don't have to believe in everything that's happening. You don't have to look at every tenet of Black Lives Matter and say, oh, I sign off on everything. That's your business. You don't have to look at anything and sign off on everything. But as Americans, we should want one another to live well, to live happy, and to live safe. That doesn't mean you're rich. That doesn't mean you're famous. That doesn't mean you're fat. That means you find your version of happiness that doesn't impede someone else's version. We should want that. That should be that should be the American ideal. It shouldn't be a king dressed up in gold shouting at us and insisting as as he t- calls someone an insult then tells us, "Well, it's their fault. They're they are the insult, so it's, I'm just saying what they are. Well, you can't blame me." It, that's that's the 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 golden calf of gaslighting. And that's what we are now as a nation of being gaslit. Being told that we are great. 
when we are so far from it and the rest of the world sees it. And I believe there's hope because I disagree with what's happening and so do many others. But the system has been rigged so badly for so long, so poorly, that's not easy to get back on the track. And I'm not ever going to say, oh, well, the Democrats are the way. It's the only way. We have to say, no. I would love more political parties. But that's not, that's not where we're at right now. Where we're at is trying to get this country back on its feet because it's on its ass right now. And someone like Donald Trump, who fashions himself after as some kind of king, you know, god king, uh, and lives this masturbatory fantasy of madness, and he has all of these sycophants who let him do these things because it keeps them in power and them rich, and it keeps their their interests active. But Donald Trump, like, he is not eternal. He is not forever. He will be gone. And then what? Um, you know, we're on a dangerous path. And we can break free. Um, and the thing is to break free and then to start building towards more political parties, more fairness, more equality. But it's going to take time, and it's going to take a lot of time. You know, the, the awkwardness of everything right now is what we're seeing. The the pendulum swinging has, was just one side for too long, and now it swung to the other side for too, you know, it'll be there, it'll be there in a minute where we'll see people canceled for, for saying stupid things and all of these, you know, we'll see, we'll see overreaction. But things will get back to the middle again. I mean, and that's, you know, I, I get it. There's people like, I always want everything to one side or the other. I get it, whatever. The middle's a safer path because it allows both sides to win, generally. And so we'll get there again, but as someone with a daughter on the way and seeing the things that women still to this day put up with, that people of color put up with, that people of that aren't part of the quote-unquote norm that America believes is normal, which there is no normal. Welcome, welcome to the real world. But folks in the LGBTQIA plus family, all of these people that are still in 2020 trying to say, I'm here, see me. And they're still being told, you're wrong, you're sinful, how dare you? And that's scary. Because I thought, you know, we're supposed to be great and all that. And that, that's not what makes us great, is telling people they're wrong. When they're just being themselves. And then the cherry on top of all this is we're in the middle of a pandemic. And you've seen the worst of people come out. The absolute utter worst. Like, it is, it is the height of selfishness and callousness to march for your rights, you know, for your right not to wear a mask, to protect yourself and those around you and those you love um, because you deserve to go to the gym, because you want to go to the bar, because you want to go to your restaurant, because you want... And I get it. Part of it is this fear of uh, because 
people are out of work. Um, and that is a huge, I mean, that's a legitimate fear. We've seen, and just in my job, I see businesses that are closing, um, you know, people out of work, um, people desperate. And I get it. Absolutely horrifying, terrible. But the thing is, is that the government, this, these are the times where the government, well, why we have a federal government to step in and say, everyone, for everyone's safety, we need you to wear masks. We need to shut down a, for a while. But we're going to get better. And to get, to provide the guidelines and to provide the hope. Not to say school's got to open. But it's not safe. School's got to open. But why? Because it makes us look better. It's an election year. School's got to open. Putting people at risk. Putting children at risk. Government is where they can step in and say, you know what? We know a lot of people are suffering. We know a lot of people are out of work. They're desperate. We're going to sign some stimuluses. And they have. But there are drops in the bucket. That's why you don't spend billions on building a, a wall that falls down. Because that money can be allocated to the people. And to, like, actual infrastructure. That's why you don't build a military complex and say, oh, we have to build up for these wars that we're going to fight. And then you go and pick these wars because you have to prove that you needed these weapons. And Everyone thinks that wars make you powerful and strong and, and good leaders and blah, blah, blah. So they have to go make you know, make a war so they can look good. Imagine if a chunk of that budget, <clears throat> say 30% of the military budget, went to the people. Imagine that. And again, this isn't me doing politics here. This is me just saying, is America so great, why aren't we? Like, why aren't we great? Like, what what can we do to make it great again? It's funny because there really is. It was, America was never great in the first place. No country is great, except Britain, I guess. Um, uh, we're all good trying to be better, and America can be better. The United States can be better. <clears throat> we can be that shining beacon again, but we don't want to put the work in because <clears throat> the tr- trouble with putting that work in is it means we got to look each other in the eye again. We can't yell at each other online. We can't embrace hatred and fascism um, out of fear. Uh, we can't let people push us into fighting, into war, into rage um, for their own gains. Um, we, are, we are allowing ourselves to be led like puppets, like marionettes. And again, I don't know there never really was a great era. Every era has some, some pretty great stuff in it. And some pretty awful stuff. And someday someone's going to look back in this era and they're going to say, that was the worst era in American history. Somebody else is going to say, that was the best. <clears throat> So-and-so knew, knew their place. They knew their place. And they knew, knew who was in charge. The fact is going to be that there was both good and bad. Um, much like and it's, it's society mirrors all of us there's good and bad in all of us there's mistakes and triumphs and we have to start embracing one another's triumphs and encouraging those triumphs and encouraging one another to be who you are and to start seeing one another and hearing one another and we're not going to agree um, you can, and it's funny because you can say, "I don't think we should be wearing masks," but still wear the mask because that's the right thing to do. 
you can say, I don't believe we should have an open-door policy on, on uh, you know, foreign nationalists coming to America, blah, blah, blah. You can have that and still not fight that that is who we are as a nation. You can have a differing opinion that doesn't become toxic. And you can tell people that opinion to try to get them to appreciate it and to say, oh, you know what, you've changed my mind, instead of bullying them so that they feel no choice but to change their mind or there will be repercussions. We can be better. We'll never be great, but we can be better. And that's what we should all be striving for. Not in just our lives, but as a country. And I've gotten long-winded, so I'll tie this up. But I just feel like, as I said before, we're on the precipice. And we need to change. Because this, this America we've built right now, the one that we're riding into the dirt, doesn't have longevity. It's not built to last. All what we're going to do is make enemies of the world, and one day they're going to come knocking at our door with their own bat, and they're going to say, hey, remember that time? And we're going to have to pay for our own mistakes and our own sins. Don't make enemies of your friends. <laughs> that's a big key, and that's exactly what we're doing. My friend, I appreciate you listening to my rambling. I wish you well if there's anyone that actually listens to this at all. Stay safe, stay sane, mask up. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.